This is Brother John Metter, and I'm going to go ahead and take you uh, into a service where I ministered, and I'm going to uh, pretty well pick up where I left off last week and uh, see if we can't follow on in this word where I was talking about sanctification and being sanctified by the Spirit of God. And, uh, you know, in... Uh, Second Corinthians, the sixth chapter, and I'm going to start at the fourteenth verse, but it says, "Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord or agreement has Christ with Belial, or what part has he that believeth with an infidel?" Uh, all people ever use these scriptures for is for a believer not to marry an unbeliever. But it's talking about a whole lot more than that. It's talking about your behavior. It's talking about your friends. It's talking about who you fellowship. It's talking about how that you conduct and live your lives. And that's what he's saying. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? When you're walking with God and you're striving to serve God, you have got to govern your life with things that are pleasing unto the Lord. You've got to learn to govern your thoughts and you've got to learn to govern your actions. You know, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 26 and 3, For the man whose mind is stayed upon the Lord, I will keep him in perfect peace because he trusteth in me. And and uh, that is instruction from the Lord to keep your mind upon him, to keep the things of God set before your eyes, to make your friendships and your relationships and your communications. And I know uh, we work and we have to deal with people that aren't saved, but it's not. It's choosing your friends. It's choosing who you fellowship with. It's choosing the people that you surround yourself with in your friendships and your fellowships. And whether they are walking with God or not, whether they are striving to walk with God, because I'm around many different types of people all the time. And uh, I communicate with people. Yes, I communicate with ungodly people, but those are the people that cross my path. But I do not get into friendships and spending time in fellowship with unbelievers because the Bible plainly states right here in the 14th verse of Second Corinthians 6, What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? If that that is in you is light, and that that God is revealing uh, inside of you is righteousness, and you're striving to keep your mind upon the things of the Lord, then why would you fellowship darkness? Why would you commune with unrighteousness and people that want to live unholy and their actions and their talks and their deeds are ungodly and unlawful according to the Word of God? I'm not putting anybody down. I'm saying you have to govern your relationships. you got to govern what goes through your mind. 
That's the reason Titus said in the second chapter of Titus in verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, let us live, we can live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Teaching us that denying, you don't get around ungodliness willingly. You don't get around deceitful lust willingly. You don't let things go through your mind. You've got to deny these thoughts, you've got to deny these actions, you've got to deny yourself going to these places because you have no communion with them, light and dark do not fellowship, are you hearing me, righteousness and unrighteousness cannot fellowship, if you can talk to somebody that's not serving God and you can talk on their level in the places they live and communicate what goes through their minds, what goes through their hearts, what is in their spirits, uh, then uh, you're doing a lot better than I can because I'm not going to talk about those things. Uh, I have chose to walk away from the works of darkness. and I have chose to walk away from the works of unrighteousness and unholiness because the spirit of the resurrected Christ which is the Holy Ghost that lives inside of me has reproved me it has reproved me from doing these things it has put a check in my spirit when I first come to the Lord and receive the Holy Ghost God didn't just automatically take everything out of my spirit he had to teach me how to live holy he had to teach me uh, how to live clean. And when Paul wrote uh, in Ephesians 4, starting with verse 20, he said, For ye have not so learned Christ. Uh, but let me go on with these scriptures in 2 Corinthians before I go over to Ephesians 4, if the Spirit takes me there. In verse 15, he said, What concord? Or what communion, or what is it in somebody serving God has a, has a, a, a fellowship or a relationship with somebody serving Satan? Or what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? If you're a believer, then you 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 don't have the actions of an infidel. You don't have the thoughts uh, of an infidel. You don't want to say the words and get it in your spirit what an infidel does. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? You are the temple of the living God, is what it goes on to say. For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said... I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. We are supposed to be a temple of the Most High God that God said I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing. What is the Lord telling us here? That we have got to separate ourselves from ungodliness, unrighteousness, 
unholiness. We've got to separate ourselves from wrong thinking, wrong actions. The things that we set before our eyes need to honor and glorify God or at least pertain uh, to morality and decency. Uh, that our dignity and our integrity and character uh, is not destroyed. You know, the Bible teaches us uh, that evil uh, communication corrupt good manners. Uh, are you hearing me that whatever you put in your mind or your spirit that's evil, uh, it is going to start corrupting you and putting wrong thoughts in your mind uh, and in your spirit. And he told us in uh, his words, shun the very appearance of evil. Shun. Stay away from it. Don't do things and go places and be with people that brings a reproach on the name of Jesus or makes you look uh, sinful or ungodly. I'm not saying be self-righteous. I'm saying follow the leadership of the Word. And if you have uh, the Holy Ghost and it's in you and you are a praying person, uh, then the Spirit of that resurrected Christ, the Holy Ghost, will bring conviction uh, into your heart. It will bring conviction uh, into your life about what you are doing wrong because the Bible says plainly, uh, come out from among them in 2 Corinthians 6 uh, and 17 and it says, be ye separate. Uh, When the Lord brought the children of Israel up out of the house of bondage in Egypt and he took them out there into the wilderness he had a people. He had called him a people uh, that he wanted to bring forth. Uh, he had called them in Abraham and they got off track. Uh, they went down to Egypt under Joseph to save them from the famine. But they got down there and they got in bondage. Uh, they got bound by the Egyptians. They become slaves. Uh, and then the Bible said there arose a king that knew not Joseph put them in slavery, put them in bondage, uh, made them bond slaves and men servants and maid servants. Uh, and when God brought them out, uh, he restored to them his blessings. Uh, you know, Psalms, I believe it is 105, and I hadn't quoted it in a long time. Uh, it seemed like it's somewhere around verse 20. Let me see if I can find that real quick. Uh, but he told them then, uh, the Bible says, something to the effect of he brought them forth with silver uh, and he brought them forth with gold uh, and there was not one feeble person uh, among their tribes uh, children of God we should be living under the blessings of God and the prosperity of God uh, are you hearing me uh, God's people are sick they're diseased they're bound uh, the life and the anointing uh, of the spirit of the resurrected Christ is gone from the church. It's gone. Are you hearing me? It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And we need to turn back to God. We need to turn back to the true and the living God. And we need to get this sin out of the camp. We 
need to get this sin out of our lives, the little no harm sins. And it is Psalms 105, but it's verse 37. It says, He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. When God sent that Passover, spoke to Moses about the Passover lamb, and he put that blood over the lentil and on the head of the doorpost type. And when that death angel passed through Egypt that night and smote the firstborn night, then God's people that had that blood over their door were protected. And then they went and spoiled the Egyptians with silver. They spoiled them of their gold and their possessions. And there was a great healing and deliverance move of God's spirit went through his people that night. They didn't come out in sick beds. They didn't come out on crutches. They didn't come out feeble. They didn't come out bound. But they came out made whole. Why? The blood of the Lamb had been applied to their life and protected them. And Jesus Christ of Nazareth is our Passover Lamb. He has shed his blood not just to save your soul, but Galatians 3 tells you that he became a curse to redeem you from the curse of the law and the curse of the law in Deuteronomy 28 is sickness and disease and all those things listed there we are redeemed from by the stripes of Jesus we are healed when he I believe it's in 1 Peter 2.24 when he said he in his own body who bear our sins on the tree that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Are you hearing me? We are not living under this blessing. We are not living under this that God has ordained for us. We are not that people that no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. The angels of the Lord are not around about us and protecting us. I remember 97, I had that night dream or vision, how that little boy fell off that high cliff. He was up there with his mother and two girls, two little sisters and the little boy, five or six, seven, running around playing. And his mama cried out to him, don't get close to the edge of that cliff, you'll fall. And the little boy just looked back and said, mama, I'll be all right. Don't worry about me, about the time. He spoke those words, that cliff gave out from under that little boy and he started plumbing into the bottom of that cliff. I saw that mama fall on her knees and scream and cry out to God. And I saw the angel of the Lord swoop down out of heaven, grab that little boy and bring him back up and set him at his mother's feet. And when that happened, the Lord spake unto me and he said, I will give my angels charge over thee, lest at any time I would dash thy foot against a stone I will bear thee up I broke myself out of that night vision and I screamed out to God I said God where is this people where is this people where is this people and the Lord said they're not yet but I am preparing them I will create them and bring them forth that was 1997 that was 21 years ago in August of this year that was in August 1997 and the Lord
Lord keeps dealing with me that he is bringing a people forth. He's bringing a people forth. He's calling a people out of a people. He's calling a people out of uncleanliness. Are you hearing me? And Paul went on and said here, he went on into 2 Corinthians 7, the last verse of 2 Corinthians 6 and 18, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. And then he went on in chapter 7, 2 Corinthians 6 and 7, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. You see what that says right there? It is up to us to learn God's word, learn the leadership of his spirit, yield our members as instruments unto righteousness because he said right here, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. The only thing you perfect, the only way you perfect anything is continual practice, continual practice. I've heard all of my life that practice makes perfect. There's a truth in that, but there's an untruth in that. If you practice something wrong, then it makes it perfectly wrong. You have got to practice holiness right in the eyes of God, doing that which is right in the eyes of the Lord and holy following the God by His Word and by the leadership of His Spirit. And that's what he's saying here. And Paul went on and said, Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. I speak not this to condemn you, for as I have said before, that ye are in our hearts to die and live with you. Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glory of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulations. In other words, Paul said, everything we go through, I got joy. I got peace. That God is trying and testing and perfecting a people which brings maturing and bringing forth. You say, Brother Metter, nobody can come into perfection. Depends on how you look at perfection. I look at perfection in the eyes of God, not in the eyes of man. Look the word perfect up in your New Testament. Look it up in your Strong's Concordance. Look it up in your original Greek. It means to become mature and complete in Christ. It's exactly what it means. If you go to first, I'm sorry, if you go to Ephesians 4, in verse 11, and it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints is the very first words uh, in Ephesians 4 and 12 for the perfecting for the maturing uh, for the complete work of Christ to be done in you. Study Paul's writings uh, and he talks about the complete work of Christ. He talks about uh, that being no more children. Uh, he talks about that we know in part, we see in part, we prophesy in part, uh, we understand in part, but then 
and he goes on down in 1 Corinthians 13 and he says when that which is perfect is come then that which is in part shall be done away and God is now bringing forth a people that is going to walk up right before them that is going to obey his voice that is going to have a desire to do that which is good and right in the eyes of the Lord or is anybody with me today I pray that I'm not going too far and too fast are you with me today I pray that you are because I want to take you somewhere right now if I can get there if I've got the right scripture Yes, and I have talked about this, and the Lord has dealt with me about this. This goes right along with the people in Psalms 91. And whether you believe it or not, I believe there's some people coming forth according to Psalms 91. I believe there's a people. The Lord told me there was a people that because we had made the Lord our habitation, that no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. But he's going to give his angels uh, charge over us to protect us. The Bible tells us that the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. I fear the Lord. I have an angel. There may be more than one. I don't know. But all I know is I believe that there is a people coming forth according to Psalms 91. And I I want to read to you out of 1 Peter 2 and 9. And it says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against your soul, having your conversation, that word there means behavior, having your behavior honest among the Gentiles or the sinners or those that are without the fold, those who are without your faith, having your behavior honest among them that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. So here uh, Peter is talking about, uh, I may have said Paul a while ago in verse 12. Sometimes I get my Pauls and my Peters mixed up when I'm preaching. But Peter said in verse 9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Somebody tell me where... Uh, we've seen a chosen generation. Somebody tell me where you have come across a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Tell me where uh, you have come across a peculiar, a called out, a peculiar treasure that God has put his favor and his grace and his mercy on. You know, when the children of Israel crossed over Jordan, and they came on Jericho, and the spies went in to uh, spy out Jericho. They came to the home of one Rahab the harlot, and she hid them uh, to keep the soldiers of Jericho from finding them. And she talked to them, 
And they said when we heard that y'all had crossed Jordan and how the Lord had parted Jordan even as he parted the Red Sea 40 years ago. And we knew that you were the same uh, people that God had destroyed all the nations in the land of Cana. That God had destroyed all these nations that fought against you to keep you from getting here and coming through their lands. They, she said, our hearts did melt within us. When we, uh, we've heard about all the miracles for 40 years. We've heard about the great God of deliverance for 40 years. And when we knew that you had come across Jordan and you were camped uh, outside, I mean, uh, across Jordan to Jericho and camped uh, outside of our city, our hearts melted within us. I'm ready to see a people, people that has found favor with God and man. I'm ready to see a chosen generation. I'm ready to see a royal priesthood. I'm ready to see a holy nation, a peculiar people. I'm I'm ready to see a people from Psalms 91, uh, that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide uh, under the shadow of the Almighty. I am ready to see that people. I am ready uh, to fellowship that people. Uh, I am ready to walk and talk with God with that people. Uh, And I'm telling you that people is not going to be in heaven. That people is going to be right here on this earth and you are going to be living a Epistles. You are going to be lively stones. You are going to be living witnesses. Just like Peter wrote, you are living epistles. You're going to live the Word of God. You're going to live holy. You're going to live clean. You're going to live righteous because the Spirit of the resurrected Christ is taking His abode in you and He is sanctifying you. He is purging you. He is getting the world in uncleanness, sin, and evil, and perversion out of our hearts and he is bringing forth uh, a chosen generation. He's bringing forth uh, a royal priesthood, a holy nation uh, and people are going to know that God is with us. Just like they knew in the days of the Bible they knew that God was with the children of Israel. And she said our hearts didn't melt within us. There was nothing left in us. The fear that we knew that God was with you. That fear said it caused our hearts to just melt, caused us to wax faint, I believe is what she said. I'm looking for that people. I'm telling you, I don't care what you believe, whether you believe that you live very many more years, you're going to see this people. God told me in 97, He was creating them and bringing them forth. He talks in Psalms 102 about a people that He has created or He will create and bring forth. I believe we are now going to see this people that God has created and He's beginning to bring forth because they're going to have a heart after God and they're going to live clean and holy and pure and they're going to walk up right before God. I pray this word's been a blessing to you for these last couple of weeks and I've seen that our time is gone and I want to encourage you. We need your prayers. We need your letters of encouragement, your prayer requests, and we need your financial support. I am going to keep preaching this word of cleanliness and holiness and righteousness wherever the Spirit of God leads me as long as we can keep this broadcast on the air. And you know I keep hearing every week that there are people listening to this broadcast and enjoying it. I've got a young man that comes to our church. He works 
uh, at a business in Calhoun. And uh, he said there's a lady comes in there every so often. And she has found out uh, that I'm his pastor. And she listens to me on this broadcast. And she's always telling them how much she enjoys the Word and how much it encourages her. And to you people out there that are hearing this broadcast, write us a letter. Let us know what this Word is doing for you. Let us know your prayer requests. We will take them to the Lord in prayer. But you know, sometimes when you labor, it's good to know that it's strengthening people and doing them good and helping them to grow and come forward in God and be encouraged. And if when you write us, if you can send an offering to help keep this broadcast on the air to encourage and strengthen and help somebody else, it will be greatly appreciated. We are a nonprofit corporation, and your gifts are tax-deductible. And uh, if you will make them out to World, W-O-R-L-D, Revivals, R-E-V-I-V-A-L-S, and mail them to P.O. Box 1618, and the name of the town is Conyers, C-O-N-Y-E-R-S, Georgia 30012. We ask for you to help us. We ask for you to pray for us. Please visit our website, mansentfromgod.org. That is M-A-N-S-E-N-T-F-R-O-M-G-O-D dot O-R-G. You can uh, donate there. There is a donate button through PayPal and different things. You can get our email address. Send us an email. Email us prayer request. Uh, come be with us at 90 Garland Drive at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Uh, that is where the church is located, and we're there that one service. May God bless you till we meet again.